Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. But the moment defines you. question <laughs> well you have a, a conversion story yeah you know uh i'm not sure that i have a conversion story so well that's all right we'll just we'll, we'll go but, from know. there all right uh, hello and welcome to the golf practice podcast my name is andy hayes and with me is the godfather of golf peter donahue pete thank you for being here andy thanks for inviting me um we have done many podcasts over over the years of different topics we've read from books i've asked you to prepare things but my my favorite type of podcast that we get to do together is when i just tell you that we need to do a podcast and i don't really give you much much time to prepare or to think and i know it it's not your favorite but you know we always get some some gems from from these so thank you for for humoring me at least <laughs> as we go um i'm always honored just to get the invitation andy so it doesn't matter to me one way or the other i was thinking um since your last or our last series of, of donahue's five lessons um i've been trying to kind of organize my own thoughts a little bit of uh you know in certain ways um i think and i think i've come up with at least the start of my um what they what do they call it in the golf in the kingdom the our theories theories of the game yeah i've got some theories of the game of my own that i've kind of come up with and i feel like you're the first person to to kind of run it by cool um over the past month i read i read this book called the cosmic laws of golf by printer bowler if you it's i let it's like out of print and it's from 2001 and i had to pay 45 dollars for a used copy and it's only 100 pages oh and my gosh yeah you know it sounds awesome right yeah and it was it like was pretty good but i felt like i could do better myself so that was the first that's kind of the inspiration for this he had this idea of like there's these kind of like these cosmic laws like one of them is like the law of acceptance that like the more you can accept you know, the bad and the good outcomes, the better off you're going to be. So he kind of, it's like, that's just this general principle, and it's also true for golf as well. But it kind of stayed, they were all all kind of similar to that. One other one was like, if you, uh, if you think good thoughts, good things will happen to you, things like that. So it's like true things and good things, but it wasn't, didn't quite, quite scratch the itch that I was, that I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so in going, I, um, you know, I was thinking back to, um, I guess, Golf in the Kingdom. Maybe that's the ultimate, you know, inspiration for this, where um, uh, Chivas Iron says, like, the golf is a place to practice fascination. It's slow enough to concentrate the mind and complex enough to require our many parts. Uh, in that, it is a microcosm of the world's larger discipline. So it sounds like what, what he or what, you know, the author Michael Murphy's getting at is, like, that there's... There's things kind of going on in in golf that are are also going on in other places of the world, or that golf provides a way to kind of see some of those those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way I kind of am organizing this is I, I'm going to try to make a a distinction between between golf and between 
we would say in quotes, like the golf, like as they would say in, in the book. And golf, I guess I'm saying golf is just normal golf, not the golf, but golf is kind of the, like the conditional parts of golf. And conditional, what I mean by that is that you do this for the sake of that. Uh, it's you brush your teeth so you don't get cavities. Um, there's lots of things in the world. You look both ways so you don't when you cross the street so you don't get hit by a car. It's like basic things that everyone does to kind of live. Uh, the very like material and very simple things. Um, but then go- golf is um, the conditional parts of golf is that like maybe the only thing that matters is the score. Uh, you blame your blame the wind, blame your friends, blame your playing partners when you know something bad happens to you um when you think that um a brand new club is going to solve all your problems um when you think that a, like a quick tip is going to uh you know be your salvation or be your enlightenment like i finally have you know any thinking of like i finally have the answer whatever it is that's kind of what i'm just saying like golf um golf is um but then i'm going to say that the golf is is the parts that are um that are a bit under the surface, um, maybe un, what we call like the unconditional. Um, what I mean by the unconditional is that these are the things where um, you do them just for the sake of, of what they are and for maybe the joy that they bring inherently rather than any you know, outside uh, validation. Um, on the, you know, the ship, the Titanic, that it sunk in the ocean, there was like a there's an orchestra on the Titanic, and it, um, as the ship was sinking, all the musicians like went back and they like played music until the ship like went down and they died. Um, and so I think that is the perfect example of the unconditional, because the people, those those people, um, they didn't do it for recognition because they wouldn't know that you know their story would get out or anyone would survive. They didn't know that. They didn't do it for a raise. They didn't do it for overtime. Um, they didn't do it to like feel better about themselves. It was just like they were saying, like, this is what life will have been about. It's like our music. And so I think there's something really, um, you know, really cool and inspiring to that. Um, and so there are similar things like that in golf that I have kind of seen. And that's why I'm trying to make the connection here a little bit. Um, like for me, golf... And I guess I'm interested, you um, talked earlier about our kind of like conversion story. So I'm going to share mine a little bit of like what converted me from seeing golf as golf to seeing golf as like the golf. Um, And for me, first, golf was always like conditional. It was just kind of a hobby. It was something we could do uh, for fun. Um, It was maybe similar to playing basketball or baseball or any of the other sports. It's just like you go, you play a sport and that's, that's just what you do, and it's for fun, but it's not, there's no kind of deeper meaning. You know, I was raised very religious and, you know, ended up being a pastor for a little bit, and so it was always kind of like, there's, there's like, church is like the most important thing, and then golf or sports or other things are just below. They're, they're for fun, and don't really think about them too much. Like, it's okay to enjoy them, obviously, but didn't have any, you would never be, I would never have been led to, like, think deeply about sports or anything else, you know, along those lines. Um, but in 2018, I was working at church, and that church closed. And then I started working here at the golf practice in summer camps. And then I went to Scotland um, and played. When I went to Scotland, I my wife was like, hey, you should just play golf at a couple courses because golf is big over there. Like, I didn't know. 
I didn't really know much about the history of golf. You know, I think maybe the nicest course I'd played by then would have been like Harborside. So like a good course, but not, not not nothing, you know, in the realms of of Ireland or Scotland or any of these ancient places. And so it's like I found you know, found a couple courses. I saw some people said North Berwick was a cool course, so I just like booked it and didn't really know too much about what I was getting myself into. Um the the whole reason we went to Scotland was was Jenny. It was just her idea. She had studied abroad there. It wasn't for golf or anything like that. So that's kind of like where I was, you know, three years ago. Um, when we we drove to, you know, you drive to North Berwick, and it's probably similar to other courses you've played in Scotland or Ireland where you just kind of go down this one-lane road and you park on a, you know, just like right on the side of kind of then the, what you know is the 18th hole, and you just like step out, and it's like this amazing uh like wide open space with all these mounds and it just looked like it's the most amazing thing that i had ever seen in the world at that point like wow like, i can't believe this is this is happening um i had a a caddy who was he was 19 he's young but his his name was also andy so it was like this so there's something that was going to be a good you know happening there the, the the first holes is like 350 yard par four but you have to go up these like rocks and you hit an eight iron off the tee. I went eight iron, eight iron to 30 feet. And then I made the putt for birdie, my first ever round um, in Scotland. Um, what, what I knew most about North Berwick is that there's a wall uh, kind of going through it. It's just an old ancient wall that you kind of play over sometimes and around sometimes. And hole, hole three, you have to kind of go over. It, it kind of bisects the... Your, your second shot's going to have to carry the wall. And so the caddy's telling us that you can't get too it's probably a three wood not a driver because it was downwind and you can't get too close to the wall or else you'll hit it on your second shot and so as he's kind of telling us this we're like looking and there's this man in the group in front of us who starts he just starts sprinting back towards the tee and it looks like you know someone he like forgot his glove or forgot a club back on this it's like why is he doing that and then the caddy's like oh no he like his his second shot hit the wall and ricocheted back a hundred like a hundred <laughs> yards. So that's just like the kind of place that this is. Like what? Like I, you know what I mean? It's like the coolest thing that I'd ever seen. Like this is awesome. Um, I was playing, I was playing pretty well. I didn't quite know like how well. It's just like one of those times where like so, just like caught up in the moment. You're like first time ever playing off an ocean so you're just always like looking around like the grass is so firm the ball's running it's like so much just something i hadn't experienced before um hole 13 is like maybe the most famous hole that's that has a wall kind of next to the green so you have to play your second shot over it and so it was into the wind um and my second shot was like a six iron that i hit and it was you can imagine it going like right on the line of the the wall like it's gonna hit you can see it like slow motion about to hit the wall but it just barely missed to the inside and like rolled down and i made like 20 foot putt for birdie it was like um um and then the last hole is a it's a drivable par four and i hit i drove just the left side of the green and then two putted for birdie and then added up my score kind of for for even par which i didn't know you know i didn't know I, i'm sure i've told this story before but i didn't know my score um up until like added up and it was kind of like the most president present I've ever been at really any time in my life. Um, you know, whether at any, you know, church event or any sporting event or any concert or anything else. And so like that was, um, I guess that's what I'm, that was my first time experiencing like what I'm calling like the golf. Um, and that's, I guess that was the day the, like my question started of, of asking like, 
like what is this thing you know like what is golf and and it it, it doesn't um because the the experience that I just had showed that that what I had thought about golf wasn't all that there was to it right like that that just kind of like a hobby where you get in golf carts and you um never walk and you complain when it's slow play or when it's hot um <laughs> and you, you know you know what I'm talking about um that 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 wasn't wasn't all that there was to it um that uh you know before I guess before this time I was like a big uh I was like always knew my score right like always knew uh how many over and I know lots that's not an uncommon thing but but just very before it's like I only played for the score um things like that and so um in kind of thinking about this and like thinking about like what is this like what's this thing or what happened or why why did this experience kind of like inspire me so much I um kind of learned that that the links that the courses in Scotland are called links right that that because the they're linked because they like link the town to the sea Right, and the they're on the like the land that is too sandy to build anything, but also too sandy to farm anything, and so it almost seems to me that like this is the only thing that you could do. Maybe you know, obviously not the only thing, but perhaps the most um, meaningful thing that anyone could do in this exact place on Earth. Right, like these courses weren't built by bulldozers and by moving ground it's like they were almost discovered like they've been there like the whole time and it was just that that golf or the golf was something that um i guess was always going to exist just a matter of time when people kind of found it or figured it out um which to me you know is different than um you know the guy who invented basketball by cutting a hole in a peach basket it's like we're gonna play this game now um that that um, golf or the golf has so much kind of history and there's like something baked into kind of the way I guess the world is and, and golf is and it's kind of connected in a deeper way than it may seem at first um, so I guess that's my that's that's kind of my conversion story or what, what put me onto this um, I guess the reason I have you here is I'm wondering did you did you have a a time where you saw golf as just maybe just golf, whether it was playing for score or playing for competition or playing for something else. And then is there a moment or is it something that happened over time or is it something you read or something you experienced that like made you see golf in kind of a different way? Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, as, as usual, I'm so glad that you asked me the question. Uh, because I started to, uh, you know, to think about all of the significant moments that I felt like I had in golf to see if if there was a a road to Damascus, uh, you know, like there was for St. Paul, and uh, and um, I'm not sure, you know, I don't. Uh, it, it seemed to me seems to me that there was a gradualness about it. Um, uh, when I first started to play golf as a youngster and take lessons and stuff like that, first in the first place, I knew my father was a golfer, and and I I sort of always knew from that that I would be a golfer. Um, but that when I started playing, um, you know, it was just a, a game like other games. And then one day I played with my father, and he said something to me 
uh, as I was uh, told you the story before, was playing Winter Rules because that's what my friends and I did. We, we we wanted to fix up our lies and never hit off of a bad lie because the like only Patrick thing we Green, wanted, right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. We just wanted to shoot a number, and mm-hmm. that was uh, so that we could brag about it to amongst ourselves and to our, our mothers and fathers. And so um, my dad, uh, as he saw me doing this by the green, he uh, he said, uh, w- "Winter rules is cheating." He said, "If you you will never get any better if you always fix up your lie." And and up to that point, I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really thought of getting better by adding to the challenge. Of it, I just thought of getting better as recording a, a lower number, and so that was that was uh, really the first time. And then I would say that I would say that it was Pine Valley um, because um, when you go to Pine Valley was a golf course that was built, you know, through dreams and uh, tears and sweat and imagination and all kinds of things. So the history of it, um, it was, uh, you know, as Lincoln said, the the people that died at Gettysburg sanctified the land. Um, It was a holy place. And so that's what uh, people do that um, think a lot and, and respect places. And Pine Valley was one of those places. Um, and so when I, when you go there and you cross the railroad tracks and from a world that looks pretty damn ordinary to, um, to uh, and you're on this road and all of a sudden you're in the middle of the 18th hole and you look to your left and there's a fairway that spills down from looks like an eagle's nest up on a hill where the tee is. And uh, you knew you were in a special place. And um, But I still, when I went to Pine Valley for many years, I came there with this ordinary attitude and mindset of just trying to conquer it and win a trophy and... Uh, and then finally one year, um, as I've, I've, I have told you the story before, that uh, I came there and I saw I was in a bus with the guys. We were leaving from the Philadelphia airport, and uh, we were driving you know, down the turnpike to get, to, um, uh, to get there. And, and I caught my reflection in the, in the window, and, um, and I saw this sad-looking guy and um, I realized that I had my, this was Thursday, I had my Sunday bus expression on, that defeated look, that frustrated look, and, and I hadn't even gone into the weekend yet. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I got a glimpse about how I was creating my experiences. Golf, to me, up to this point, was always about... Um, what some people call uh, the unanswerable question that that kind of ruled my life, and that was, am I good enough? No matter how many times that question gets answered, it still comes up. You know, you yeah, can prove right. that to yourself and prove it and prove it and prove it, and still it, the question never goes away. And so that's what created my experience up until that weekend. 
and um, and what happened that weekend was that I um, I started turning out uh, instead of in, and that's when I I took my camera out of my bag and and started taking pictures of my playing partners and uh, and I and I what I experienced uh, in that round was the enjoyment of getting to know other people and asking them about their lives and about what they thought and what they enjoyed. And um, it gave me a much more fulfilled, much more powerful feeling about the experience of golf uh, than I'd had before. And and it just so happened that... Um, you know that I played amazingly, um, and I didn't just play amazingly that first round. And, and again, like you said, I didn't really know what I was shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, until I got down to the very end, and uh, um, and and uh, and I think that that was uh, such a profound uh, difference uh, in in experience for me that it. Uh, it did change me for forevermore. I mean, there there were other lessons to learn uh, after that, but that that certainly was a game changer for me. That you went from not. I mean, you said you didn't know if you had your road to Damascus moment, but I mean, you literally looking at yourself in a, a reflection is is a. I don't know. It sounds kind of biblical to me. Um, yeah, well, sometimes, I mean, you know, uh, I did come up with that, so it must have occurred to me, uh, you know, that uh, uh, in the as we started this conversation, that that was, you know, that really was uh, it. That was, uh, you know, and uh, uh, to be able to to be able to play uh, golf as if, see, I didn't think, and a lot of people. Uh, act this way too um that are in the world of golf um in places like golf digest and golf journal and uh, not golf it, it, it's a it's a lifestyle kind of thing and and there's a there's a sort of a myth that uh that the only people that are playing real golf are the greatest players in the world or that the rest of us are pretenders and that's the lie Mm-hmm. And that's what I always believed uh, as a youngster. So, so unless you got to be really good, you weren't playing uh, a sport that was really the real thing. And and it was to uh, to realize that uh, golf isn't. That's not what golf, or certainly the golf, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not tour players or Tiger Woods. It's it's personal journeys. It's personal discovery. It's uh, it's a it's evolution. It's personal evolution, and that's what uh, uh, Shivas Irons was referring to. Um, it's a place to practice your being yourself, mm-hmm. and um, and the things that you do discover are, are things that you can work on, and that you do work on in the game, and that you take out of the game. So it's not the only place that you can you you have to practice these things, but it's a great place to practice these things. I remember playing with some guys at Pine Meadow some years back, and uh, getting onto the first hole, and I and I realized that the 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 energy in the group was 
muffled and uh, tentative, and I th- and I made a deliberate decision to do what I could to change that energy, and um, and I and I didn't do it by myself. The the group picked up, uh, you know, individually on it, and before we were done, we created energy that elevated everybody's game and, and experience of it, and everybody when they were done. You could see the looks on their faces. They felt like they'd had uh, an unforgettable experience. Yeah, I like what you said of like how it's like it's not the only place that you can practice these things or or notice these things or kind of grow grow yourself. But it is a good, you know, pretty good one. I was thinking about how in you know not this not that this is bad at all, but it, but in churches um, or you know temples whatever any places of of worship but a lot of the things are like hey this is a here's a lesson that we learned from this ancient thing that was written down like a really long time ago and that's you know that's useful and it's valuable and it's kind of cool to make those ancient connections and see that the same questions humans were asking 2000 years ago they're asking now um but i but i think what's so unique about golf is that like hey you can you can have these same questions but it's about like something you did yesterday and like you felt yesterday and like that feeling of of either like a failure or being present or being in the zone or or being so afraid of you know hitting whatever club or hitting a putt like that's something that you can you can uh it's it's almost so much more tangible to me um yes i agree completely Uh, and i think that that's you know that's how that's how we uh human beings um do things you know i think we we you know uh we tell fables uh in order to help us remember um morals uh and uh in values and and when you have you know it's one thing to talk about uh, integrity and honesty and bravery and and all of those things but without a story you know they're just they're just banners on a wall they're not they're not yeah. they don't live for you and they don't it's the story that that guides you and it's yeah and i think what's so cool about golf is that it's like a story that you can you can jump into i mean you take you could take brave like we could all read a story about how i don't know how brave george washington was right but none of us are going to know what it was like to fight in the revolutionary war whereas whereas with golf or with whether it's courage or bravery or anything else like you can Literally, go go try it out tomorrow, um, which yeah. I think is is a pretty special thing. Yeah. Um, oh. And it really like unique. Like it's so I don't know. It's I think it's fi- fighting the the fine line between making too much of what golf is, but I think it's uh, there's so many things in the world that are just ha- have happened randomly or happened by accident. And so why couldn't it be this beautiful accident that golf is kind of this window or this gateway into these things? Just as much anything else is. Well, no, I couldn't agree more with you. Yes, you you can. We can sit here and talk about the you know golf as a you know a, a something next to uh, you know saving uh, the world from COVID. But but truly, golf is is a is a, a pastime, is a discipline, is a practice that uh, like all practices is um is something that w- what you invest in it mm-hmm. you know you'll get uh, out of it uh and and it's um 
it's it just happens to be uniquely paced uh, so that, as Shivas Iron said, you know, it's slow enough to concentrate the mind and yet complex enough to require our many parts. And um, and so it happens to be just curiously one of those great uh, great exercises. I mean, you know, to be able to compete and while you're walking. Uh, and talking and laughing and getting to know your playing partners. I mean, there. I, I don't know. Tell me what other, you know, very few other sports I can think of, um, you know, yeah. have that opportunity. And um, and yet it's there. And so, you know, the idea to, I think whenever I would read, um, you know, things about golf that had to do uh, like Pia Nilsson and, uh, uh that book that uh, that she wrote, Every Shot Must Have a Purpose. Um, you know, they, um, Lynn Marriott, her co-author, uh, and Pia she... Pia Nelson, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she, uh, they bring up uh, all these different reasons that people play golf, and among them are, are very significant social reasons they play it. Well, whenever I would look at that, I would absolutely poo-poo that. You know, as if that's not an important part of golf, because for me, you know, it was just the competitive parts of it. Mm-hmm. It was just the performance parts of it that I figured, you know, enjoyment would come from the pride of victory and uh, and success and recognition and all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, when you realize that um, that you can create magic, uh with the other people in your group and you can create a kind of an energy that will lift you up and lift you beyond normal experience. Um, you know, another time when I was in Bally Bunyan, uh, I think it was the last time I played golf there, the caddy that I had, uh, Bill, um, honored me. Um, and, um, by, permitting me after he caddied for me that weekend to to play the the back chips as they call it uh and because uh even though bill had scolded me because i had behaved like a like a a, a fool uh he had uh, seen something in me that i perhaps i'd learned from from that and uh and he uh you know he changed me hmm. um that weekend and that was that was back in 19 around 1985 and uh one wouldn't think that that would be possible you know that your caddy is going to sure. change you he's going to be your big teacher but uh that's um that's what's available oh. um well pete i um i have a few parts to this that i'm hoping we can kind of get into and so i know some of them can overlap so i think this is maybe we've covered a lot but i guess we'll call this the introduction and then we'll get into part one coming up next okay great thanks clean contact i hit it again because that shot was a defining moment and when a defining moment comes along you define the moment the moment 